Hey, this is uh, Will Fortaccio. Hi, this is Brian Ezrelli. This is Freddie Williams. Hi, this is Lee Bermeo. Hi, this is Matt Wagner. Hey, this is Tim Sale. Hi, this is Nadia DeFilippis. And Christina Weir. Hey, this is Ethan Van Skybro. Hey, I'm Duncan Wynn. Hi, this is Kevin Van Duncan. You're listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. to the Batman Universe comic podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and as always, we have with us... It's Apple. And Josh is taking a leave of absence for this episode, so let's jump into the comic book news. Batman speaking. (laughs) This is a recording. Before you trip over your cape, Batman, riddle me this. There are three men in a boat with four cigarettes, but no matches. How do they manage to smoke? Hmm? (laughs) The very first thing we have is there was a story that came out on June 30th where Morrison talked about Batman and Robin, and we're going to play a quick clip from that so you can hear about what he exactly had to say about the new Batman and Robin series. The fact that we've got a new Batman and Robin, you know, Robin's now grown up and he's Batman and yes. the new Robin is Batman's ten-year-old evil son. Mm-hmm. So the two of these guys, it's a really great dynamic. So the first time Robin just kind of hates Batman, is constantly dissing him and, and walking away. And Batman's been really patient and trying to bring this kid up right. So it added a whole new dynamic. It made it feel really fresh, which is why I wanted to stay on the book. I was thinking about the notion of, uh, you know, a lot of the weirder elements of Batman, like the kind of strange... Things like the Mad Hatter and Tweedledum and Tweedledee and all yes. that Lewis Carroll kind of surreal stuff. Yes. And I thought, you know, maybe bringing back some more elements of that because obviously for the last 20 years since Frank Miller did The Dark Knight, Batman's been all about the realism and the, the dirt on his clothes and getting his tights ripped and that sort of thing. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of look at some of the stuff that hadn't been popular for a while. So. One of the influences was the Batman TV show, which is kind of the absolute opposite of the way people want to see Batman, but it was still really popular and it's got, it's got kind of elements of it that I like, the whole pop art style, yes. the kind of psychedelic stuff. So it was to take that and kind of how do we update that, how do we make it modern, how can we make it creepy? You know, now we can see Batman smiling, we can see him in the daytime even yes. sometimes, but at the same time we got the really creepy David Lynch kind of Lewis Carroll dark surrealism going on there. So anyway, that's the clip from Grant Morrison about why he's doing Batman Robin. The only comment I have to make on regards to that is, does Grant Morrison not know that Dick Grayson actually became Nightwing when he grew up and not... He grew up and became Batman, like he said. Obviously, that could be taken a bunch of different ways. The fact that we've kind of hold some um, animosity towards Grant Morrison doesn't really help the situation. <laughs> yeah, especially from R.I.P., so... Careful, Robin. I'm sure there's more to this than meets the eye. Alright, so moving on to the next bit of story. On July 1st, we had some Dan DiDio Q&As from Newsarama. So Apple's going to read Newsarama, and I'm going to read the Dan DiDio answers. We've only got two questions, so this should go rather quick. Okay. Question 10. We had a question about the heroes who came into the books where the title characters have stepped out. What happens if you find out that the readers really like Batwoman and Detective, Monel and Superman and Flamebird and Nightwing in action when it's time for Bruce for Bruce and Superman to come back home? Is your plan 
flexible enough to allow for more time or spinoffs. That would be the best of both worlds. If we're able to support the Batman titles or the Superman titles without Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent, then that shows the strength of the DC Universe, and more importantly, the strength of the characters that are inhabiting those books. So my standpoint is that there is room for all of them, and as their story progresses, we we're going to let them flow according to their natural course. And whether or not Superman returns sooner or later, and or how the changes in the Batman books play out, it all it all gives us hope that we have a lot of untapped potential for stories in the future with the characters that are now in them. So we have a long term plan as far as how this goes, but that doesn't mean but that doesn't mean that we're not going to be flexible as to how we play it out. So the return of Bruce Wayne and Superman are set in stone for a specific month or a specific issue? We have a very strong structure as to how these stories unfold, and that's probably something that's not too flexible. But there are a lot of aspects as to how things can progress. And uh, this is question 20. Looking back at the Battle of the Cal teaser image that was released a while back, a reader pointed out that that we were making it up as we went along. <laughs> not exactly, but rather not all the images have been explained in the stories to date. Were some ideas dropped or was the teaser lar- larger in scope? The title of that poster was I Am Batman, not Battle for the Cow. It said it begins in Battle for the Cow. We're only in our first month uh, for the direction of the Batman books. So we're going to be seeing a lot of things that were set up in Battle for the Cow playing out over the next few months. That was the goal. It wasn't just to tease the three months of Cal, but rather to see the direction for the new line of the Batman books. Any particular images that people should be looking out for? I always like the father-son image with Bruce Wayne and Damien. I think that's very heartwarming. I get very upset that the crate broke when they dropped it and that that hand fell out. That's just shoddy business. And I'm very interested as to seeing what Harley is going to be up to and why she's holding a gun. Okay, so that's the end of the question. So needless to say, obviously we're still going to see some of these things play out. Um, as we've seen in some of the books, some of this stuff is kind of making sense as far as Batwoman holding the magnifying glass, hinting that she's going to be in Detective Comics. As we are aware, Two-Face is going to be that Two-Faced Batman in the image in and of itself because we've seen some stuff from some future episode or future issues we still have no idea who the hand in the crate is and the reason why harley's holding a gun who knows yeah i mean but i i think we've talked about it before in the podcast where we were always interested in the image of bruce and damien which we think is all tommy elliott Right. Really? So Yeah, and the fact that we know for a fact in August we're going to be seeing some um, hush in Gotham City as Bruce Wayne and everyone thinks Bruce Wayne returns makes us think that that's going to start playing a lot more into what's going on inside the books. Right. So something to look forward to. Alright, so the next thing we've got is we've got an interview that Comic Book Resources did with J.H. Williams on July 2nd. Um, there's only two quick things that are really worth mentioning, and Apple's going to read for comic book resources, and I'm going to read for J.H. Williams III. What makes Gotham City an exciting place to be as an artist? Everything. 
It is a great atmosphere for an artist. All the textures and variety of background details, the location provides an endless amount of possibilities to show a wide variety of things. From the upper high society locales to the dark gritty back alleys. I think we are going to see some of what I mean in the issues. And what about Batwoman? Is there something special about Kate Kane that makes her a joy to draw? What really makes her interesting to me is how different Batwoman is from Kate on a visual level. And yet there are definitely connections subliminally. We are really doing our utmost best to make her visually unique in the DC Universe. So that's the end of the two questions. Like I said, there's not really anything that really came out of that. It's just an interesting interview. You can make sure if you want to read the rest of the interview, check out the website and look for the headlines. Or look for the headline that says J.H. Williams Talks Detective Comics. Alright, so the next bit of news was on July 6th, and there was some interesting stuff. Um, the source kicked off the week with some news about the future of the Batman series. Um, they had John Witt, Judd Winnick answer some questions as far as why this series is important compared to the other series that are also out at the same time. And his response was, this is Dick Grayson's first chapter as Batman. Despite all his training, despite growing up at Bruce Wayne's side, it's a hard transition. He's going to make mistakes, and he's going to pay for them, but it all begins here. Then, they also announced that Judd Winnick and Mark Bagley's run on Batman that ends in September with the Long Shadow arc, um, that basically Tony Daniel will be returning to Batman as the artist and writer on the series, so he will be replacing Winnick and Bagley and pulling dual duties. Then they had a comment from Tony talk about the future of his work, and his response was, It's a very exciting time right now. I've done my research, I've chosen my players, and I've outlined six months' worth of story that I'm scripting. That I'm in the scripting phase of my first issue. No. I've chosen my players and outlined my six... I've out, and I've outlined six months' worth of story, and I'm in the scripting phase of my first issue. We'll be seeing the return of some once-familiar faces faces, I can say, who are not so friendly to Gotham. I will be introducing a new character to the city of Gotham. There will also be a few surprises in store that I hope will get people excited. So, basically, they released an image at the exact same time, considering Tony Daniels' comment was, faces, faces, and the image itself was actually the two-faced Batman that we saw in that original Battle for, uh, I Am Batman teaser image. Actually, Two-Face in the Batman costume uh, after he's beaten Batman to a pulp. Yeah, well, you know, we, we were excited to see that the Two-Face from the, the Battle of the Cow promo from that poster. It's finally time that we get to see Two-Face in that, you know, some would say ridiculous costume. I would just say a Two-Face Batman costume. And actually, it... it to me, it actually looks kind of cool. I mean, the it idea, does, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the idea of it is, I mean, it's perfect because it's two face, it's two different sides. Honestly, I think that's going to be an awesome bat suit. Uh, I think that's going to be very cool. The other thing that I find interesting is, um, I have a feeling we're also going to see something with Black Mask. Maybe not so much with within this book if this book is focusing on uh, Two Face. But I think we might be seeing something with Black Mask in the near future. If not in Batman, then in some other book. But I could see Tony Daniel having Black Mask somehow intertwined in this. Which is great. I, I'm a, People know I'm a fan of Black Mask. I love Black Mask. I just don't think this is the original Black Mask. I think this is someone new. So yeah. The stories are going to be intriguing. 
Good job. Yes, definitely. Okay, so we've got a couple other things to real quickly run through. On July 7th, it was announced that Detective Comics number 854 was completely sold out in all comic book shops, and it's going back to press for a second printing. That second issue is actually going to hit stores on July 29th. So if you didn't, if you missed out on getting Detective Comics, that'll be your chance on July 29th. Um, also worth mentioning. Um, this was further along, but I'm going to hint on this, I'm going to hit on this now just because it was worth, it, it, it's worth mentioning just because we talked about it before. Batman and Robin, as we know, uh, Batman and Robin number one actually hit stores and sold out and also got a second printing. Well, as it turns out, so Batman and Robin hit stores on July 8th, and when it hit stores, it actually sold out once again. So it's going back for a third printing. And also, uh, the sales figures came back for last month Batman Robin number one was actually number one on the sales charts Woohoo! so you can if you still haven't picked up Batman Robin number one which at this point it's still possible since it's selling out um, you can definitely pick up another copy on August 5th yeah I wonder what uh, Joe Quesada has to say about that So the next bit of news to go over is on July 9th, The Source released some pretty big news about a new series that's coming out in October. Now before you get your hopes up thinking that it's Fabian coming back to the Bat Books, it's not, but it's something maybe just as good. Um, The writer and artist that worked on Batman Battle for the Cowl Arkham Asylum are teaming back up for a three-issue miniseries that's going to, like I said, take off in October. Um, it's going to be called Arkham Reborn, and it is. And here's the synopsis that they have for it. Written by David Hine with interior art by Jeremy Hahn, picks up after the events of Battle for the Cowl. After the Black Mask's destruction of Arkham Asylum, Dr. Jeremiah Arkham has rebuilt the asylum following the design of his mad uncle Amadeus. Intended as a model for an enlightened treatment of mental illness, the building soon mutates into a torture house, and the inmates find themselves trapped in a living hell. And when Jeremiah starts hearing a voice from beyond the grave, it becomes painfully clear that you can't really get rid of the crazy when it comes to Arkham Asylum. That sounds so cool. And what's super interesting is they have an image that they've released... Um, for the series, which I'm assuming is the cover to the first issue, which is actually drawn by Fraser Irving, and it's Dr. Arkham on one side, and we've got a little bit of Two-Face in there, a little bit of Joker, Uh, I really can't tell who the other person is, I want to say it's Scarecrow, because it looks like it's a straw hat, so you can tell that there's going to be a bunch of villains playing a part in this series. Which is just fitting, because it's Arkham. So, that's the end of the comic news. Let's get into book news and talk about what's coming out in the next two weeks. On July 22nd, there's only one book coming out. It's Showcase Presents Batman Volume 4. The solicitation reads, Batman tales from the 1960s, including battles with the Joker, the Riddler, Catwoman, and a League of Strange Assassins, as first seen in the pages of Batman 202, 215 and Detective Comics number 376 through 390. It's going to be 520 pages and only is going to be a mere 1699. Hmm. 
I might I might be picking that up then. It's definitely already on my list to pick up. Uh, the only thing that I kind of don't like about the showcase books is that they're black and white. If they were color, I'd be sold. Yeah, the the colors are so much better, but yeah, uh, black and white and eh, takes me back to old school comics. So. All right. So next on July 29th, we actually have two books. The first one is Birds of Prey Platinum Flats, and the solicitation reads: In this new volume. Collecting issues number 119 through 124, the team hits the road to find a new home in Platinum Flats, but the move begins them. But the move brings them into conflict with former teammate Black Canary. Then the past comes back to haunt Oracle as the Joker makes a deadly move against her. It's gonna be 144 pages and it's gonna be 17.99. Yes, you know, and it's you always gotta love an Oracle versus Joker story. Yes. And you guys have listened to the comic podcast for a while when we reviewed those issues we absolutely love the fact that there was a joker oracle situation going on that was just amazing mm-hmm. all right so the other book that's coming out is superman and batman versus vampires and werewolves the solicitation reads the six issue miniseries that pits the world's finest heroes against bloodsuckers and <laughs> they're just blood sucking our money on that comic issue Alright, the solicitation reads, The six-issue miniseries that pits the world's finest heroes against bloodsuckers and lichens is collected. In the snow-holds-barred fight to save the world, Superman and Batman battle werewolves and vampires with little help with a little help from Green Arrow, Wonder Woman, and Etrigan the Demon. This is going to be 144 pages and 14.99. Also, if you remember us talking about this book, you might not want to get this book. It's atrocious. Not, we, yeah, we didn't personally like this. I mean, obviously, people liked it enough because when we interviewed Kevin Van Hook a couple months ago, he mentioned that it did do well, and he was in talks with Dan DiDio to make another series that hopefully, in our opinion, is a little bit better. Yeah, I I, I think uh, he could write the demon. I think it's he does a very good job at that, but I was... Uh, <laughs> this was a disappointment. Alright, so that's going to take us in our comic book reviews. We've got four to go over, so let's jump right into them so we can get you in and out of this podcast. The first one we've got is Batman and Robin number two. Alfred, I saw the signal, sir. All is ready. Now, if you remember my review from last issue, this issue, this series is amazing. Um, But let me, before I get into telling you why it's so amazing, let me actually go through the story. So we start off with uh, Dick sitting on the stairs in the Batcave, or I guess the new Batcave, as I should say, since they're in the uh, Wayne Foundation building now. Alfred's asking him what happened as we see the Robin patch laying on the floor. Then it flashes back to the point in the last book where Batman and Robin are floating down onto police headquarters, and they start talking back and forth to Commissioner, and they start to realize that... Commissioner Gordon starts to realize that it's a different Batman. Um, he just is, it doesn't seem like the same Batman and Robin as it used to be. Well, Batman and Robin go in as they are about to, they're going to go talk to this guy, Toad. And as we left off in the last book, this guy who's basically flaming all over the place comes in, bursts into the police station, and is telling me, oh, help me, help me, pulling the same trick he pulled on the police officers before. And then we see this car that has all these circus people coming. We've got the humongous uh, circus lady, who 
I guess humongous is actually kind of an understatement. Uh, <laughs> the flaming guy. And then there's a group of these four guys that, I don't know why, but they're all tied together. Or, no, I take that back. It's three guys, and they're all tied together. But I don't really understand it. But that's their circus people, so they do crazy things. They uh, throw some tear gas in their Batman Robin, come in with uh, their gas masks on, and they start fighting against these guys that are tied together. Batman starts fighting against the guys that are tied together too. And then at the same time, after they take him out, we see the circus lady dragging the cop downstairs to get this Mr. Toad out. Batman or uh, Robin ends up stopping the the girl by throwing some batarangs into her arms. She can't feel her arms because I guess he hit them in the exact right place where the, it was, I don't know, pressure point or something. We flash back to Batman fighting the guy that's full of flames and the guys who are tied up all together. Ends up dousing the guy with flames with a fire extinguisher, which is kind of a funny moment. Then we see Robin fighting against this lady who is literally twice as tall and probably about, I don't know, maybe six times as big. <laughs> Six times as big oh. as Robin, and somehow Robin is just—he's taking her out. I, he ends up like cracking her wrist and making some bones break, so that you can actually see the bones popping out of her skin. It's pretty crazy. You can tell Robin's a little—he's—he's uh, he's, got to take some anger management classes. Uh, then we flash back to the Batcave um, right after Commissioner Gordon comes in and says, um, "We've got a." You know, there's, there's, these are circus people, blah, 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 the Russian people tra traffickers. Um, then we flash back to the Batcave where Alfred is talking to Dick and he says, It's a disaster. We went down, I went downstairs and this is what happened. And what turns out is Robin has actually made this circus lady uh, collapse on the floor and has broken pieces of a mop stick, put a bucket on her head, and is whacking the bucket with these sticks, trying to get her to talk. Then they open up the cell where this Mr. Toad is and find out that he's actually dead. Batman and Robin take off. They get back to the Batcave, and then we kind of catch up to where things are. Uh, they have a fight saying, you know, you're not real. Uh, Robin's telling Batman, you're not really Batman. Look at you. You're you're in a pathetic impersonation of them. Of my father makes a mockery of his memory, which I thought was a pretty good line. And he says to, back to Damien, you know, you've got a lot to learn. You've got a whole lot to learn. And Damien rips off the Robin emblem and says, then I'll find a teacher I respect. And he walks out. He gets on his bike and takes off. Well, Dick and Alfred are going back and forth. Alfred's saying, you got to understand, you know, he, he grew up a little bit different. We've got we've to work with him. If you don't watch over him, who will? See Robin peeling through the city. He actually comes up on top of the, comes to the circus and sees somebody who's saying, help me, help me. He goes towards the person to help, sees one of these crazy ladies that actually has, well, it's somebody who has had their face screwed up like the last episode. And then Robin gets overtaken by a mob of these crazy people that have their faces replaced and have red hair. They all look exactly the same. I'm sure some of these are men. I am positive of that. Um, yeah, so he's taking them out. They're beating the living heck out of him, and then Mr. Pig comes out and says, uh, this, this town belongs to me, and that's the way it is. Then we see Batman uh, 
peeling around in what I want to say is the Bat Monster Truck, which it's not, it's something else, but it looks exactly like the Bat Monster Truck that we saw, I don't know, what was that, the 80s that we saw that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen that in quite some time, but that's definitely what it looks like. It looks like a giant ATV. And then we see, it says, next, Batman Robin, Mommy Made of Nails. And that's what we'll have to wait until next issue. Okay, so then that's going to bring us into Batman number 688. And I have to say, as a preface to doing this issue, uh, I did not like this issue at all. So bear with me if you like the issue. I'm going to breeze over it because there's a lot of stuff that I found completely irrelevant. And I didn't really like it. But I will go over it for the sake of telling everybody what it's about. Alright, so we start off with... Um, Batman, he's standing in, the, sitting in the Batcave, getting the little the crap beat out of him. Bloody, his costumes ripped. I mean, he's pretty beat up. And somebody's telling him Batman's dead. You should have never became Batman. Then we find out that it was actually some kind of, um, I guess, fear toxin or something. I don't know. It, it, I didn't really like how this issue started, specifically because where we last left off, it was Scarecrow going against. Batman, and that's not happening at all. We've completely negated that happening, and now Batman is taking out a bunch of thugs on the docks, That and the thugs actually work for Penguin. Um, we actually see a news report as a narrator telling about what happened exactly, and Batman is taking out all these thugs, but the entire time he's actually being filmed. After it's all said and done, Batman actually smiles at the camera so everyone knows. Then we flash over to Penguin, who's getting pretty ticked off about what's going on as far as uh, Batman stopping him. He can't understand why Batman is bothering with him, considering Batman is kind of not really bothered with the Penguin and his uh, gang-like activities that he takes part in, specifically because there's bigger fish to fry. Um, so Penguin's asking his henchmen, you know, how exactly did this happen? And his henchman, Bosworth, which we saw on the DC wall a couple weeks ago, actually says it was my fault. I don't know why, but he's wearing a mask. And the mask itself um, reminded me of something. And I honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember. But that mask looks very similar to <laughs> a Shredder mask. That's right. Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Shredder. Shredder mask. Um, it had another another thing that it reminded me of, but I honestly, I can't remember what it was. It was something actually related to Batman, but now I'm thinking Shredder Mask from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, he bashes him in the nose with this, uh, Penguin bashes this guy Bosworth into the nose, goes on and on and says, you know, this is, just doesn't make any sense. We need to figure out exactly why this Batman is going after us. Then we go back to the headquarters of Gotham City PD, where... Commissioner Gordon's got the bat signal on on the roof of the, the police headquarters. And there's a new cop who's working with Gordon who's saying, you know, why exactly are we putting on the light? I don't understand why we're only putting on for five minutes. And Gordon says, you got a lot to learn. you got to understand putting that light on basically means um, the criminals know Batman's out, so they'll not do as much damage because they've, they're, they're going to be afraid of Batman. Then we go back to the Batcave where Dick is actually complaining to Alfred about how he can't see 
his out of his peripherals. Um, his he's having some problems with his peripheral vision, and he also can't stand that the cape um, is huge because as Nightwing he didn't have a cape. He hated the cape. Um, Alfred's telling him, you know, you know, you had a cape when you were Robin, and he responds, well, this is uh, that was a little uh, cape that was made out of nylon and ended up my butt and this cape is like wearing a ball gown made of Kevlar which we would assume it is Kevlar anyway uh, then Alfred chuckles a little bit says I can't believe we're discussing this blah 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 Dick smiles they smile back at each other and says I guess I'm a bit of a handful then when we see Damien actually training with Dick in the back cave or their new back cave Damien says you know you really talk so much and Dick says, yes, I know I talk so much, but when I used to go against Batman, when I trained as a kid, uh, he liked that I talked because it distracted the, 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 the thugs that we were battling against because they were distracted by whatever I was saying, giving us a chance to have the upper hand in the fight. Go back to training, then we go over to somewhere else where we actually see the Two-Face talking to one of his henchmen who's been sending up video cameras to tape exactly what Batman's been going on. And to make a real long, do-out pages, or a lot of pages really short, basically Two-Face watches the tape of Batman and realizes it, it cannot be Batman, it has to be somebody else, because there's no way this is Batman. Batman would not be like this, and we have to figure out exactly why this is going on. Then he devises a plan that says we've got to find out exactly where Penguin's doing all this business and leak it so that Batman finds it because I want Batman to go after Penguin. But I know that he's not Batman. And that's the end of the story. Well, let's just say I could write a hell of a paper on a grown man who dresses like a flying rodent. Okay, and that's going to take us into Red Robin number two. And guys, don't overlook the cover because the cover actually gives away a lot of the story. So within within this story, what we have is where we we left off with Dick, where he's traveling around the world. And of course, he's in the airplane. And of course, he's going back through his options, looking very young. I like I like that, that that look for Tim. But uh, what we also see is um, assassins looking at him. And we see him, of course, in the bottom half of uh, of the Red Robin outfit. And, um, of course, one of the assassins says, we have the shot. Can we take it? And they were like, the person that's on the other line is just like, you can try. And he goes, what do you mean you could try? <laughs> so that's not a kind of funny way to ring that. He goes, yeah, close enough. So he takes the shot. And, of course, uh, the place explodes. But they really didn't see if he got hit. Of course, then what do we see? We see a grappling hook come at one of the assassins, of course, knock him off that was holding the gun. And then we see the beginning of, I mean, we see the the grill part two of four. And so we see uh, Tim come right into action as the Red Robin. And so um, what it then pans to is a flashback of... Uh, of Alfred coming to Masters Tim saying that, you know, that he he had exchanged fisticuffs with young Master Damien and uh he you know, they look they frown upon that kind of behavior and he was like, you know, so <laughs> should I say well done? <laughs> you know, but as he looks into Tim's room, he's not there. And so uh we see also um 
We also see uh, Lucius Fox also ask his secretary to that they need to locate where Tim is at. So it starts to trickle down that everyone's starting to look for Tim Wayne. So as it goes through, we also see Tim going to a, a little private hideout that we, you know, of course, we saw him building in his course. We see the messages missing, and then we see the outfit of the Red Robin that he has right in there. Then we pick up where he just started fighting the assassins that try to assassinate him. And he's going through, you know, he's talking to, t- talking to you about, you know, this is the second girl that he just hit in a couple of days. So, you know, Alfred wouldn't really approve of that, that he's hitting a girl. But under the circumstances, she is trying to kill him. So, you know, you can't really blame Tim. So, um, so as we go through Tim going and he, of course he's fighting and, uh, you see uh, a really a clue that's really on one of the assassins that you'll see later on that Tim is holding. And so uh, we see the illegal, uh, the assassins come through. And of course, um, as we go, as we go through the story, we see uh, Tim trying to put some clues together and we see him back at the hideout, you know, going through things and someone's in there. And the person that comes up right behind him is no other than spoiler. Stephanie, she's right there. So, of course, that was given away in the cover. And she's right there, of course, you know. Uh, he he kicked her because she was hiding. <laughs> but uh, he then, you know, really wants to try to find her. But really, Tim's really on a mission to go ahead and find Bruce. But at this exchange, we really can't trust. Spoiler, of course, from the previous stories in the Robin series. Um, so he says he really wants to talk to her, but he's really not. So he's going to go ahead and just leave her, really, and ask her not to follow him. So then we see Tim, of course, sitting in a room contemplating his thoughts. We see the piece that he was holding at the beginning of the story. And lo and behold, we find out that, of course, Tim is going to go through any means to find Bruce Wayne. Well, the last person you would think that would want to help Tim... And Tim reaches out to is Ra's al Ghul. And that's where the story leads off. And oh my God, that was such, that's such a good part. So um, that was Robin number two, guys. And of course, now we go into my, uh, I guess you could say my, my favorite series of, uh, of uh, Batman books, uh, Batman Confidential, issue 31. Uh, within this issue, we see a... Uh, a sort of familiar face as we're starting to get familiar with the confidential books as we move along we're starting to see a rehashing of uh of older characters come in with maybe a new tale or a new take on the story and so where we where we begin the story is we get to know a uh, a little boy who looks kind of like um real hairy real beast Codenamed the Beast, which is uh, coincidentally the title of the book, which is called The Bat and the Beast, which if you've been a long time reader and I'm dedicating this part to Josh because I don't normally do this. But if you remember back in the 88, there was a villain called the KGB Beast, but it looks like (laughs) it looks like they're dropping the KGB part to, you know, be politically correct within the books. And so uh, we'll. The story picks off with that. And then we see, of course, the trainers that, you know, trying to train this little kid for the Olympics. However, a mob boss from Russia is not having it. They step in and take the little boy and, of course, kill 
his coach and then take him. Of course, we then get paneled into what looks like a source system, really, you know, run down source system. And it looks like where the beast is at. And, and if this is any indication of what the story is going to be uh, for the next issues, oh, my God, this guy looks huge. And he looks he looks like he's going to be scary. And, of course, uh, the mob boss, who's called Czar, is also planning to go ahead and not only, of course, he's one of the biggest mob bosses within Russia. He's also trying to bring in a bomb into Gotham City. So now is the point where we tie in Batman. Batman comes into the picture, of course, Batman being the greatest detective, finds out, of course, ahead, of, uh, 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 ahead that um, that this bomb is coming into Gotham. Of course, it leads off where... Batman already makes communication uh, with one of the the known, I guess, um, Gotham City known thugs, hired thugs. So he kind of sells out the the Russian mob boss. And, of course, Batman's already there. And Batman already confronts him like, okay, who's this guy? And he finds out it's a czar, a mob boss from Russia. But during that time, we also get to see the beast in action. You don't really see him, but you do see his silhouette within there. And so uh, while Batman is trying to find out more information, of course, he lets Commissioner Gordon know about the situation. There's new crime boss trying to move into Gotham and he's trying to bring in a bomb. And so uh, Batman is gonna ha- not going to have that. So what he's trying to do is trying to stop the czar. What he then does is actually um, during one of these scuffles, Batman takes the phone from one of the czar's um, hired thugs that are in Gotham. And Batman then talks to the Tsar, and Tsar makes it clearly known that he plans to carry out his plan, because if he can't do a bomb in Gotham, then he plans to put that bomb in another city. This city and everyone in it's going up in a mushroom cloud. So Batman, you know, is really not going to have that. Of course, that's where it kind of leads us off into, like, okay, now the, co- the ball's in Batman's court. What's Batman going to do? Because this guy just told him that it doesn't have to necessarily have to be Gotham where the bomb's going to be. And so that's where it leaves us with a, a firework coming in. And, of course, we see a bear, um, a bear-like firework in the sky. And that's where it leaves with the bizarre to be continued. So that's Batman Confidential, issue 31. All right, so let's get into our comic book review wrap-up. Um, the first one, Batman and Robin, number two. I have to say, I'm not being disappointed. Uh, I think Grant Morrison is slowly making his return to our respect for being a writer by writing Batman and Robin. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, it's it's not the most intense uh, story-driven story, but at the same time, it's not lighthearted and there's plenty of stuff that's inside of it that makes it good i really like the dialogue that's in it which we can obviously attribute that all to grant morrison the art as much as i kind of don't really like frank quietly all that much there isn't very many things that i disliked as far as um as far as the art except for there was a specific thing if you looked at uh robin's bite uh motorcycle I kind of didn't like the fact that it was tie-dye, and as far as the the ATV Batmobile that Batman's driving, I can't say that I'm, as of right now, a huge fan of it, but um, I can't say that it's going to be that bad either. Um, so that's kind of that. 
as for some of the other good things that I liked about this issue. So, needless to say, I mean, I like the fact that we're introducing some new villains. I'm still interested in seeing what's going to happen in the next issue, which makes the book worthwhile. If I want to know what happens in the next issue, that's what makes the book good. And that's what's going on in Batman Robin. So, I'm not going to give it a 5 out of 5, but I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5 Batarangs, just because it's not a 5 out of 5, specifically because it can't be classified with the 5 out of 5 Batarangs, but... It's still a good book, and you should be picking it up if you're not. Alright, so going into Batman, I don't think I have anything good to say about this book. I do not like the story. I do not like the direction that the book is going. And I have a feeling I'm not the only one, and that's why DC is actually pulling off... Um, Winnick and putting Daniels or Tony Daniel on the book, because... There's, there's nothing going on in this story. Um, I really don't like the fact that the last issue of Batman ended with Batman going after Scarecrow, but we have no idea what happened with that. It wasn't played out in another book like they might have intended for it. Um, but at the same time, the art isn't bad. I personally don't necessarily like Mark Bagley's art. It, a lot of people would say it's kind of like Scott, Scott McDaniel where it's a little uh, cartoonish, but at the same time, I don't I don't classify in the same kind of bracket as far as art. Um, I specifically don't like that Batman looks like Spider-Man only in a Batman costume, and that's obviously the Spider-Man fans are gonna you know have a heyday with that one. But <laughs> I just I just don't I don't like how it is. Um, but the book itself, th- there's so many things that are off in this book. Why is, why is there certain situations going on? Batman Robin comes out, Robin rips off the thing, is super ticked at Dick, and then the book that comes out the week afterwards, Batman and Robin are having a training session in the Batcave. Is it just me, or is somebody not doing their job in the editorial department? I mean, <laughs> I understand if you're going to have books come out different weeks, but the whole idea of setting it up like it was was that there's a there's a similar continuity between the books, not a completely different. Having them upset with each other and nowhere near each other in one book, and then a week later we have them working together to train. No, that that doesn't work. Put Batman. It's the same thing that happened last month with Batman and Batman and Robin. If Batman came out the week before, there would have been no issues, no questions about what the heck is going on. Nothing. Instead, they put Batman and Robin out first as the, you know, premier Batman book of these new books that are out, and then Batman comes out the next week, but the Batman book has, is the epilogue of Battle for the Cow, even though it's a week after the new, new continuity has already started. So, I'm not liking it. Um, and I said this on the forums when I talked about this book, if uh, Dan DiDio is listening, which I, we all know he is, um, you know, give me a call. I, I, I'm all for getting a, you know, taking care of your editorial department, editorial department, putting them in their place. I'm just kidding, of course, but, uh, <laughs> seriously, there's something needs, something's off in that editorial department. And I could understand if it was because there's different editors working on these books, but it's not. So, um, Needless to say, 
It might not necessarily. We always complain about Dan DiDio and his editorial decisions, but maybe we should be complaining about Mike Martz, which I have to say we've never actually complained about Mike Martz's job, but I'm doing it now. So this book, I'm giving a, a measly one out of five bad ranks. Yeah, and I think a lot of Batman fans would agree with you. <laughs> but uh, Red Robin number two, and I mean, going on a, a note that you just left on to go into something like this, Christopher Yost is doing a great job in writing this series. I mean, he's taking up where really where the red where Robin had left off and continuing the the future uh, progression of Tim. And yeah. Tim, of course, never being the type to give up, willing to do anything to go ahead and find where Bruce is at, being that detective, being that that and, and I think that's something that it's real sad about, you know, Dick Grayson hasn't really gone to the 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 path that um tim has and i think christopher yos is capturing that um the artwork not so much because <laughs> if you see a one if you see a one panel you can see tim as really young like boyish like but when he slaps on the red robin outfit he's like batman you know like where did all that muscle just come from he exactly. looks like a little kid so the the artwork is not really consistent and um but i mean the writing is is excellent i have to say i, I thought it was great um like, I, I just have to say one quick thing about the art the art is good it's just the, the consistency is the thing that's off yeah and yeah that, that's the thing it's not bad art it's just that it doesn't make any sense to have this little child who looks literally like he's 12 years old riding in a plane talking to a flight attendant and then two pages later he's some macho man who's buffed up and looks like he's dick grayson you know it doesn't make any sense yeah well you know and i often wonder too like um art thurbert is the one that's uh doing the the inking on this so i'm you know and he's a veteran i wonder how much is he saving a, a box it's a uh what's his name uh raymond box uh yeah. artwork so i wonder how much is he saving you know the guy <laughs> within the, with his ink so uh it, it it's it's a good book guys the art is good it's just not consistent but um what's really here the diamond that's here is the story that christopher yost is telling and it's it's really great so i'm liking the book i'm gonna go ahead and give it four out of five batterings i really like it uh batman confidential now you know, some people complain, oh, you know, this is not really. And I know Josh would be the first one to say it's not in continuity. You know, he's the first one that probably would, you know, complain about the beast. But Batman Confidential, uh, I, I really love this series. And to come out with a, a character uh, of the, well, let's just call him Beast now. I thought that's excellent to to kind of go back and retell a tale because even though I know there's fans that say, oh, why are you messing with continuity? But the thing is that hey, do you realize how hard it is to reinvent something and try to even make it good with fans? And I, I really think that this is a, a really great job that they're doing. Um, the uh, Peter, Peter uh, Milligan, I hope I said that right. Peter Milligan and uh, Andy Clark. Andy Clark's artwork is, uh, he almost, doesn't he remind you of Frank Quietly a little bit? A it, little. It, a little yeah. bit, right? It has like, it, it, so it, it, it shares that little little thing with him that it reminded me of Frank. Um, I love this book. I mean, you know, I know that there's fans that just want to drop this out there 
you know their box sometimes maybe or just say no i'm not gonna pick up confidential it's really it's really a good book guys and confidential 31 i thought it was great um i'm gonna go ahead and give it four out of five batarangs all right one more quick comment about batman or uh, red robin that i forgot to mention did we or did we not call Stephanie Brown coming in Red Robin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think we kind of did that. <laughs> yeah, we did, but uh, I think we were a little off. I don't think that it's going to play back into what we were expecting for issue number three with Tim and some girl s- standing at the grave of Bruce Wayne. I, I don't really see it happening, being at Stephanie Brown at this point, but especially since we were going off the fact that it said that Robin or uh, Tim wasn't going to go off on his own. He was going to be there was someone else going to be with him on this trek. And obviously, as we know now, it's obviously Ra's al Ghul. So Ra's al- I just have to point out that we, we called Steph so bad. Yeah, no, maybe maybe it's uh, Talia standing next to him or something. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, Stephanie Brown. All right, so we are not going to have a discussion this episode, but we actually are going to have a bigger announcement slash closing at the very end so let's throw over nick so we can hear about bat books for beginners hello and welcome back to another segment of bat books for beginners my name is Nick, and today I'm looking at Batman Faces, which is issues number 28, 29, and 30 of the Legends of the Dark Knight series, and was originally published in 1992. The story and the art is provided by Matt Wagner, and I've also reviewed two of his other books. Those were Batman and the Monster Men and Batman and the Mad Monk. And this story, Batman Faces, follows on from The Long Halloween, so it's got quite a lot to live up to. Can it manage that? Let's see. You're counting on the winged Avenger to deliver you from evil, aren't you, my friend? Let's say we flip for it. Now, the book opens with Two-Face escaping and disappearing from Arkham Asylum, and he disappears for two years. We then go to a fancy dress party where Bruce Wayne is trying to buy an island from a Frenchman called Duberville, with a Mr. Wren as their estate agent. Mr. Wren also meets a French lady there and becomes infatuated with her at the party. Later on that night, a mysterious Frenchman approaches Mr. Wren at his home and is interested in the island deal that Bruce Wayne's involved with, and he offers $10 million more than Mr. Wayne. The mysterious Frenchman actually turns out to be Two-Face, who has assembled his own army of freaks like himself. There's fat ladies, deformed people, bearded ladies, all alongside Two-Face. Mr. Duberville is then kidnapped and blackmailed by Two-Face to ensure the island deal goes along smoothly, as Two-Face wants to create his own island of freaks. Mr. Wren then later on meets his French girlfriend, who he spends the night with before she disappears, leaving him very concerned. Mr. Wren goes out to search for her and finds her and starts yelling at her. She shoots him with a tranquilizer, stuffs him in the boot of the car and takes him away. Batman, meanwhile, has been tracking down some murders. Uh, he then discovers that all these murders that have happened are just diversions, and on the nights these murders have taken place, Two-Face has been kidnapping pilots, and so on. And he plans to escape in a big Zeppelin. Batman heads over to the airfield to find out what's going on. He's caught, and he's strapped to the front of the Zeppelin by Two-Face, who takes away his utility belt. 
We then discover that the French woman who has been with Mr. Wren is actually a bearded woman. Now, for some reason, Mr. Wren never realised this. Batman then miraculously escapes with no explanation as to how he got away, apart from the fact he scared some zebras. Don't ask. Mr. Wren then gets freaked out by all the members of the freak show. Uh, Mr. Duberville, it turns out, is cooperating with Two-Face because he's also a freak. He's got two hands, in, extra hands in his chest. Somehow no one's ever noticed this before. Batman then gets tied up again by Two-Face. Oh, and surprise, surprise, he escapes again. Simply just getting out of these ropes. Clearly Two-Face is not very good at tying knots. Mr. Wren is taken by Two-Face, brought onto the Zeppelin, and then Two-Face pushes him out of the Zeppelin and he falls to his death. Batman eventually escapes the rope he's been tied up with, jumps up to the Zeppelin to confront Two-Face. The freak show army that Two-Face has then starts showing their descent towards Two-Face. Who is distracted? Batman catches him off guard and captures him, putting him back in Arkham Asylum. You may as well come out now. I know everything now. You hated Harvey Dent and would do anything to destroy him. Why not? Was gonna destroy me just like I'm gonna destroy you now then you might be able to tell from my tone I did not enjoy this book very much but I'm gonna go through the good bits the bad bits and then the art firstly good bits one little moment made me chuckle at the start when we were at a fancy dress party there was a doctor who ran up to a dead body and he was dressed in a duck outfit I thought that was quite a nice little touch and well done there uh, I think the Batman costume in general is an excellent looking Batman in this book. Uh, most people tend to like that simple grey and black suit. And I think Matt Wagner's got that but Batman pretty perfect to be honest. There were a few clever techniques used in the comic. Like there was a, a running track layout on one page and it was very very unique, very cleverly done. And others, there were other small things as well like uh, Batman's speech bubble appearing behind some bars. Just small techniques which actually were quite clever. Now, the poor bits. We later find out in the book that all these, about three or four people have been murdered and it's all a diversion. And I thought that was pretty weak storytelling, really. We're, slight, we're trying to figure out what these murders are about. All of a sudden, oh, no, that's a diversion. Don't worry about it. We're spending the whole book trying to figure that out, but no, it's, it's irrelevant. So don't worry. I thought that was pretty poor. Um, there are some very odd two-faced lines in this book. He said, perfectly perfect, so many times. And it, I thought, the first time I read it, I thought... That doesn't sound like anything Two-Face would ever say. And he said it a good five or ten times, and it really annoyed me, and it didn't work. Uh, And another one was he was saying things, should we be called the Freak Army or Monster Island? I thought, this just does not sound like Two-Face. It's a bit too crazy. Two-Face is quite a simple, intense guy. He doesn't come up with silly ideas like Monster Island. Uh, The plot in general was very jumpy, not smooth at all. For instance, Batman got attacked, then the next page, oh, he's now strapped to a Zeppelin. He mysteriously got out of that somehow. Uh, He scared some zebras, and because of that, he somehow got out. There were some strange things in here, like the bearded woman. How did Mr. Wren not realise she was bearded? Uh, I don't know. Uh, And why were there two zebras? Uh, I have no idea why Two-Face wanted two zebras. Completely crazy. Um... Mr. Duberville, apparently, was a freak. He had two extra hands in his chest. No one's ever noticed that he's got two lumps sticking out of his chest. Uh, Quite incredible, really. 
Considering he was at a fancy dress party at the start of the book, he only had a robe on, it would have been quite easy to notice if there were two hands sticking out of his chest. And as I said earlier, Batman, he gets tied up by Two-Face, he scares some zebras, he miraculously escapes. Two-Face then gets him again, you know, a couple of pages later, ties him up again, and he gets out of it again. I mean, what is even the point? Now the art, as I said, Batman looked very good, but there were parts of the book where it just the art was so basic. I mean, I could barely see and tell what was going on. Uh, really dark shadows, which worked sometimes, didn't work other times. Uh, I couldn't tell the difference between some of the you know more basic characters. I could tell who Batman was, and I could tell who Mr. Wren was because of his glasses. But Mr. Duberville seemed to have kept on changing his appearance throughout the book. I could never tell who he was until someone said his name. In general, I had to go back quite often in this book just to understand what was going on. So, for instance, uh, I thought Batman got tied up. How did he get out of that? Oh, he scared some zebras, right? I had to do that a couple of times just to think, uh, what exactly is going on here? And if you've got to make me do that, um, you're not doing a very good job as a writer. So, in conclusion, I mean, I thought Batman and the Monster Men was a bit weak, and I think I gave that two or three out of five batterings, but this, this is pretty poor work. The art redeems it a little bit, but then even the art's quite poor at, at some points. And the book in general, I think, is pretty awful. I mean, I may be being a bit harsh after I read The Long Halloween, but don't bother reading this. Uh, read The Long Halloween again instead. As a result, I'm only going to give it one and a half batterings, and as I said, that's only because Batman himself looks good. There's not many redeeming features in this book. Don't bother to read it. Why can't you just so that was Batman Faces. Next time I'll be we'll be going back to Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Thank God for a for a much more consistent team. We produced pretty good work, and we'll be going back to Dark Victory. So if um, I hope you've had enough of Batman solo stories because uh, Mr. Dick Grayson will be arriving in the next book. Uh, you can comment on Batman Faces or any other stuff I've reviewed on the BatmanUniverse.net forums. Uh, you can send me a message or, or post uh, what you think about the book. I'll also be posting the reading list for the next chunk of books I'll be doing. And uh, so you can always catch ahead and be prepared for the next BBFB segments. So this is Nick reporting for Bat Books for Beginners. And now it's back to the BatmanUniverse.net studios. See ya. Batman Faces, make sure you pick up the next book for Batman, or Bat Books for Beginners. Going over our upcoming releases for the next two weeks, we've got, on July 22nd, Gotham City Sirens number 22, The Outsiders number 20, which will actually finish up that story arc, and Showcase Presents Batman Volume 4. On July 29th, we have Batman the Brave and the Bold number 7, Birds of Prey Platinum Flats, Batwoman over in Detective Comics number 855, and Superman and Batman vs. Vampires and Werewolves. As far as what we will be covering in the next comic podcast, we'll actually be covering Batman Streets of Gotham number 2, Superman Batman number 62, Gotham City Sirens number 2, and The Outsiders number 20. So like I said, as far as uh, discussion, we're not having a discussion just because there's a bunch of things that we've got to do as far as housekeeping, um, things to take care of, as well as some announcements that we want to make since actually this is going to be the last podcast that we'll actually post before the San Diego Comic-Con. 
The very first thing I wanted to let everybody know is if you haven't listened to the normal podcast, we've actually postponed the normal podcast for a little while, specifically so that we can prep for San Diego Comic-Con as well as so that we're not actually falling behind on everyone while we're in San Diego. Um, Due to that and the fact that we'll actually be in San Diego, we are going to actually be recording the comic podcast a slight bit later than normal, which means it'll post a little bit later. So instead of posting on Friday like it normally should post, it'll actually end up posting maybe a couple days later, maybe after the weekend. But look for it. It'll be out sometime in that time frame. But the normal podcast will actually be postponed for a couple weeks. Um, the next thing to go over is that, as always, you can email us at comicpodcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. You can send any email, any comments, anything at all. If you don't, if you're not a member on the forums, you can head over there, and you can definitely send us an email. And we'll, we'll be sure to reply to you. Um, the other thing that I wanted to let everybody know about is some of the members of the forums, as well as some people who just visit the website in the. Uh, have visited the website in the past have noticed we've had some problems with the forums they've kind of been resolved in the last two weeks but before that we had a problem with a bunch of spammers on the forums so we had to change the setup of the activation for the forums so if you are somebody who's been trying to get on the forums but for whatever reason you can never get on send us an email at forums at thebatmanuniverse.net let us know your screen name, and then we'll make sure we approve you. Some, I've approved a lot of people who have names that obviously would be Batman-related. Uh, Bat Barbara was a name that was approved. There's some other ones. But the big thing is, I can't always tell if it's some name that you've made up or if it's a spammer. It, I mean, yeah. Apple knows this from running DCU Source. Um, there's just There's a lot of people who try to get into the forums that are spammers and put not so great stuff on them. Yeah, it's not it's not a pretty picture when you're trying to read the comic and you find something that's not even comic related. So yeah guys if if you come on if you're wanting to join the forums please send an email uh to the forums at the Batmanuniverse.net and uh that way we can go ahead and get you approved and so that way you can interact with the other, the other members. And obviously that's only in the case that you have a crazy screen name. I know my personal email address is a very crazy thing and probably nobody would ever approve it, but a good majority of the ones that we are seeing are, have some hotmail.ru, which is Russia, and I don't think we're that popular in Russia. We could be wrong. If, you're, if you live in Russia and you listen to the podcast, email us and let us know. Yeah. But a good, a good majority of these spammers are over in Russia, and it's affecting the, the site. So we're making sure that they're not getting in, but at the same time, that means that there could be some people who are trying to get in who can't. So th- just bear with us. Send us an email to make sure that we get you approved. Some other notes of interest, uh, if you want to leave a... If you want to leave a review on iTunes, that's always appreciated. You can join our forums, as I mentioned. You can actually, starting hopefully very soon after this podcast post, we will be having a brand new blog editorial section that will be a lot more in-depth and you'll have a lot more capabilities than you had before. Um, previously, any of the comic book reviews that were actually posted were posted up on Blogspot. And then we used an RSS feed to put them onto the website. 
Um, that presented a lot of problems when it translated over into the format that the site is, so there would be a lot of punctuation errors, we couldn't have videos, um, there was a lot of problems, needless to say. While we're recording this, we actually have somebody working on a brand new setup so that on the website there will be a setup for all of the stuff that we would normally post. But this also means that we will actually be having a lot of extra things that we haven't had before. We've had that scan for the day in the past. We will start keeping up with that a little bit better than we have. Also, we'll be doing a lot of all the staff members at the BatmanUniverse.net will be doing some posts throughout the week so that there's actually things for you guys to talk about. And then also, as far as um, there actually be places for you guys to make comments on the stuff, and there you won't have to register anything like that. You'll just be able to make a comment on the article or the post that was that's posted on the blog uh, on the editorial section. So that's a whole other thing that to let people get involved where you don't have to register for the forums. It's a whole other way of you getting involved with the things that are going on in the site. Alright, so now that that's all done, let me tell you what we've got in store for everyone next week. Um, San Diego Comic Con. Apple, myself, and Savannah are all going to San Diego Comic Con and we are going to be covering so many things and I don't want to go into super detail about what we're doing, but needless to say, Warner Brothers themselves have contacted us and are allowing us to get personal one-on-one -on -one time with some really big names, specifically names that a lot of people on the website have been asking for us to get a hold of and get interviews with. I'm not going to say who they are. You will just have to check out the website while you're listening to this. Go on to the BatmanUniverse.net, go on to any page but the actual homepage, and at the top right-hand corner, right under the menu bar, there will be a spot that says TBU SDCC Coverage, with the San Diego Comic-Con logo and our logo. Click on that, you'll t be taken to a San Diego Comic-Con coverage page, and we will actually be putting all of the news that's coming out of San Diego on that page for you. We've got a schedule on the right-hand side of all the events that are Batman-related that are happening that we will be covering, as well as a spot for videos. And we will actually be filming some videos there of the different things, so those of you who are as unfortunate as we were last year who couldn't go, um, you'll be able to see some of the stuff that we're seeing. Uh, we're going to make sure that we get some video of the different action figures that are being announced. We're going to make sure we get a, some video of some different people who are there that we might do some quick interviews with that you might not even know about until they get posted up. You'll also be seeing some stuff of the different booths that are there. A lot of stuff we are making sure that we go all out for you guys. So make sure you're checking out the website all of the time during the Wednesday through Sunday for all the news that's coming out about Batman from San Diego. Right, it's going to be really exciting, guys, and for us to be able to bring you this this news while you guys are working or driving your kids somewhere, um, you know, hopefully we can go ahead and do our, our best to go ahead and bring you all the latest Batman universe that's going on at San Diego Comic-Con. And I can honestly say at this point there is no other Batman website that's dedicated to all aspects of Batman that's going to san diego and is going to be doing what we're doing there's there's no other site and i don't mean i don't want to put any of the other batman sites out there and say that they're bad but nobody's doing what we're doing so make sure if you have friends who visit other batman websites 
tell them, tell them, hey, maybe you should check out this site specifically because they're going to have some awesome coverage of San Diego Comic-Con. Right, and we want to bring you the best whatever is out there, guys, so we're going to do our best to bring that to you. Right, and some of the things that we will be covering for sure that you'll see when you visit the this, this specific San Diego Comic-Con coverage page, um, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies will actually have a panel. DC is having a Batman-specific panel, as well as DC Nation. Batman the Brave and the Bold's having a panel. Batman Arkham Asylum's having a panel. And there's a lot of other things as well. DC Universe Online is having a panel. There's a lot of things that not only are the panel, but even if you're going to Comic-Con, you might want to check out the site just because there's some stuff that uh, just normal convention attenders aren't going to have access to that we are going to have access to so definitely check it out and I, I know I'm hyping this up a lot but it's really worth it and we have been prepping for this a lot and that's actually why the podcasts have been a little late that and due to some extremely horrible technology issues on my part all of my computers decided to break on me all at once uh, <laughs> um and that's kind of an understatement, but needless to say, we're getting everything worked out, and we are prepping as much as we possibly can for San Diego to make sure that this is really worth it for you guys. Right. All right, so I think that's pretty much it. Um, like I said, we'll actually be just a slight bit late with the next comic podcast, so don't freak out if uh, it's not, it doesn't post up right away. It'll just be a couple days late because we are going to... One, be recovering from San Diego. Yeah. And and two, we're going to be recording a couple days later than we normally do because of that. So just bear with us. It'll be just a couple days late, and then we'll get back on schedule week after week after week. Also, make sure you're checking out the Batman Universe specials, as we will be posting commentaries um, throughout the time, even when we're at San Diego. So there'll be a new commentary for you guys to check out while we're at San Diego getting you all the news. Well, I, I guess for programming notes also, uh, you'll be able to catch uh, Dustin and I on the second episode for uh, DCUOUnlimited.com, uh, and you can go ahead and look out for that podcast coming out soon, too. And that actually can be found on iTunes, so make sure you're checking that out and reviewing that podcast as well. So I think that's everything for this episode. We went a little bit longer than we wanted to, but we also had a lot of stuff to cover that we wanted to make sure that we got covered because there's a lot of housekeeping things that just needed to be covered so this is dustin this is apple and you've been listening to the batman universe comic podcast episode number 24 we'll see you guys in about two weeks take care guys The game's up, Riddler. As a duly deputized agent of the law, I place you under arrest for armed robbery. Snap on the bat cuffs. You've got me, Batman. <laughs> what the...
It's <laughs> too delicious. I even gave you a tip-off. Batman, you've made a mistake. He didn't steal that cross. What? I tell you, it belongs to him. He lent it to me for a show. But, Mr. Peel, we saw him take it from you at gunpoint. Gunpoint? <laughs> Holy ashtray, he did tip us off. <laughs> there were three men in a boat with four cigarettes and no matches. How did they manage to smoke? They threw one cigarette overboard and made the boat a cigarette lighter. You saw him giving me a light as I handed back his cross. Out riddled. <laughs>